Hey everybody, welcome in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. We are into the first full week of Major League Baseball summer camp workouts um, and things not going quite to plan for Major League Baseball. Multiple teams have had to shut down camps because of either positive tests or like in the case of teams like the Giants and the Nats, to name a few, uh, they were not getting their test results in time. Uh, a lot of players were getting a second test before they'd even gotten the results back from their previous test. Um, and Major League Baseball citing the July 4th weekend as the reason why they couldn't get the results of tests during a pandemic to a group of players. But uh, that's just another one of the hurdles that baseball is going to have to overcome to play this 60-game season. However, during all of it last night, that's Monday night, uh, MLB released the 60-game schedule for all 30 teams. And of course, that includes the Baltimore Orioles. They will play 60 games this season, 40 against the AL East, 10 against each of the AL East teams. Then they will play 20 against the NL East. It will be six games against the Nationals, four against the Marlins, four against the Mets, three against the Phillies, and three against the Braves. The Orioles will open the season July 24th at Fenway Park, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time start for a three-game set there. Then they will go to Miami for two games and then come back to Camden Yards. The home opener will be July 29th against the Marlins for a quick two-game set. But we will break down that entire schedule here with Zach Goodman, who joins us on the pod. Zach is the co-host of the Nate Hit the Foul Pole podcast. He and Matthew Pine host the podcast together. Of course, we had Matthew on Locked on Orioles here a few months back to do one of our uh, Orioles game rewatch episodes. But here is Zach Goodman as the two of us go over the Orioles 2020 60-game schedule. Zach, thank you so much for taking some time today to look at this uh, new Orioles 2020 schedule. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And the uh, it's it's, been, it's it's a really interesting schedule, I would say. You know, just playing the NL East and the AL East, it's, it's kind of some tough matchups. You know, I, I don't really know how well it's going to go for us, but it's always fun to look at it. And so the schedule gets released last night um, on MLB Network, um, and of course, it's it's a weird time to. It seemed like a weird time to release it, at least, um, with all the news coming out yesterday about baseball and, and all the delays on getting the COVID testing back. And you know, we talk about this schedule uh, not knowing if there will be a 2020 season, not knowing how safe it will be, not knowing how many out of these 60 games they'll get to play. But, you know, it's, it's still kind of a nice exercise to look at it as if they're going to play all these games. And, and the Orioles, after three exhibition games, one up in Philly and then a home-and-home home with the Nationals, uh, July 24th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, they'll go to Fenway, which is a place that obviously the Orioles are, are comfortable playing, um, and they haven't opened up there since 1966, which is, of course, their first ever World Series title. But uh, probably a little bit of a different team this year, but uh, it'll at least feel a little normal if they do get to the 24th um, and seeing the Orioles play at Fenway Park to open the season. Yeah, Mookie Betts, always an Orioles crusher, so definitely glad he's out of the AL East. But, yeah, it, it's a tough team, Boston. Uh, you know, we're going to face some great pitching there. It's, it's a solid team all, uh, you know, all across the board. I wouldn't say they're Yankee quality or even Dodgers quality. They're not really a top-tier uh, team anymore. They're coming off winning the World Series a few years ago, but Boston's always a really tough place to play. They crush us in Camden Yards half the time. So, 
I, it's going to be a tough first series. Uh, I really wish it was at home. Yeah, the Orioles do generally play well at Fenway Park. Uh, that was a little bit more true when the Orioles were a little better a few years ago. Um, not so much now. But, uh, you know, you, you mentioned Mookie Betts. They trade him to the Dodgers along with David Price. It's obviously still a team that, that you would think will have a winning record this year. Um, but, you know, this will be three of the ten times that the Orioles would play the Red Sox in this 60-game season. You know, from, from another Orioles perspective, does it feel like the Red Sox are a playoff team? Or, or after the Mookie trade, does it kind of feel like they might just middle through 2020 and then, and then go back at it in 2021, especially with Chris Sale being injured as well? Yeah, so I'm actually in the camp that I think their best option right now is to go into a full rebuild, same way we are. And I think they can do it a lot quicker than we can because of their cash flow and their ability to sign these big-name free agents. Uh, but, you know, right now I don't really think they're going to be competitive. I don't think they're going to win that many games. I think, you know, 30 is probably the, the highest number I could see them winning. Um, and I think we'll definitely get some wins here over the season. I'm not sure that we're going to lose every one. And like you said, we do play well in Fenway sometimes. Um, but I don't really see them as a playoff team this year. It's only 10 teams. So I, I don't really see them being one of them. It'll be interesting to see what they'll be without those, those three stars um, on the team for 60 games. But after three in Boston, um, the Orioles, well, they get their, their easiest four-game stretch and really the only four-game stretch that you can – feel secure that the Orioles will definitely win a couple games out of um, is the next four games. Two down in Miami at Marlins Park against the Marlins. And then the next two, the Marlins come up to Camden Yards. So they get those four against Miami uh, out of the way at the beginning. And, and those were four games you kind of circled when the schedule plan came out because of the AL East and the NL East matching up. I mean, between those two divisions, there's a possibility you might have eight teams that feel like they can get to, into the playoffs this year. So it might be nice to have the Marlins at the beginning and, and maybe rattle off a couple wins. Yeah, Marlins, I mean, we're going to play two at home and then two on the road. Uh, and it's interesting how they, they made the schedule with the two on the road and two at home right in a row. I thought they would kind of spread that out a little bit because the travel between Baltimore and Miami was quite a bit, you know, ways away. Um, but, yeah, definitely some easy place to win. You know, it's not really a team that's going to win many games this year, probably no more than us, you know, 15 – 18, 20 games, something in that range. They don't really have too many great pitching stars other than uh, Sandy Alcantara. But, you know, this is a team that I, I don't really see doing much. Their, their lineup isn't that good. They have Jonathan VR now, who, you know, is going to make his return to Camden Yards. So maybe he'll give us some issues. But other than that, I don't really see too many issues for us taking maybe two out of four. It does feel like a team you mentioned, you know, VR coming back. But it does feel like a team that, you know, there's not many who are, who are almost in the same spot. Uh, that the Orioles are rebuild-wise, but it kind of feels like the Marlins rebuild and the Orioles rebuild um, at some point, maybe this year or next year, they're, they're on pretty close trajectories at this point, which will mean, for one thing, it'll be nice for these two teams to play, um, but also these two teams are, are going to get beaten up probably by the other teams in the division. Yeah, these will be the bottom dwellers of the East Coast for sure, as you know, we're going to play all the teams on the East Coast. Um, and, you know, we should find some easy wins here, two out of four at least, like I said, maybe three. So I'm looking forward to that series for sure, and uh, we, don't, we don't get to play them too often, so that'll always be exciting. They'll go play an L NL East team. Yeah, I remember they were, they were at Camden Yards a couple years ago for a bad series between two bad teams. The Orioles went to Marlins Park, I think, five years ago when the, they discovered a substance on Brian Mattis's arm, and he got ejected and suspended. Um, in, a, in a weird game down there. So there's, there's, there's been some kind of bad baseball when these two teams have met 
over the past couple of years. But uh, next up for the O's, they'll get three at home uh, against the Rays. And, and of course, a Rays team who made it to the postseason last year, won the wild card game, took the Astros to five games um, in the ALDS. I think across the board, the consensus is the Yankees will win the AL East this year, but uh, I wouldn't sleep on the Rays as, as division champs. I think this could be uh, just as tough uh, of a 10 games for the Orioles against Tampa. Yeah, you look at the Rays as an up-and-comer. I mean, they have this unbelievable farm system that they just keep producing star after star, which is really not like the Yankees. The Yankees haven't done nearly as good of a job as the Rays in the past few years, and uh, the Rays are really up-and-coming. They're going to win a lot of games, I think. Um, I can see them even being a 40-game winning team this year. They have great pitching. That's going to be tough. Tyler Glass now is healthy, and Brendan McKay has a good season. Blake Snell is coming back, too. It's going to be a tough team as far as pitching goes. We don't usually play very well against them. We are at home for the first time against them for three games, so maybe that's a little bit of an advantage. But that lineup is its pretty good, too. I mean, they've got a lot of stars in that lineup. Kevin Kiermeyer is healthy. He's another addition. Uh, so this might be a tough team. This is probably, like you said, a, a easily contender to win the AL East for, uh, for this year. And then they got the favorite up next. The Yankees will come to Camden Yards for the first time uh, August 3rd through 5th for a three-game set. Uh, we know what they did to the Orioles last year, 17-2. and two. Uh, The Orioles went winless at Camden Yards against the Yankees. Uh, this year, they will get the Yanks 10 times in the season. Of course, they will get those three um, at Camden Yards to start the year. They'll get three more at home against September in September, and they'll have four uh, at Yankee Stadium. So six at Camden Yards, four at Yankee Stadium. Do we think the Orioles get a win over the Yankees in Baltimore this year? Yeah, I think there's a possibility. Um, the Yankees do play really well in Baltimore. You know, Glaber Torres, Aaron Judge hit absolute monster shots all year. Um, and they're all healthy this year, even Stanton's healthy. Uh, so they're going to hit a lot of home runs in Camden Yards. But I, I can see us putting up a few wins. You know, we're playing them 10 times. Maybe two and eight looks like a, a record we could have against them. We did win the first series last year. We opened up against the, on the road against the Yankees. Um, and we, we played pretty well. So it's just going to come down to the pitching here and keeping the ball in the ballpark. Now we know what Glaber Torres uh, did to the Orioles last year. Do we think he puts up gaudy numbers in, in 10 games? Uh, what's, what's the home run number prediction on, on Glaber Torres in 10 games against the Orioles? Honestly, looking at the starting rotation and the bullpen, it's just so terrible. So I'm going to have to say at least eight, at least eight home runs in 10 games. He destroyed us last year. Gary Thorne was in the shambles during the whole year <laughs> yeah, trying to explain how this again. was happening. Um, yeah, he's going to hit a lot of home runs. So next up, uh, the O's will get the defending champs. And uh, I, I, you know, when they put out the schedule plan, they said, you know, the 40 games against your own division, so you play 10 against everybody. And then it was the 20 games against the, the, the opposite division uh, in the other league. So I figured, you know, they would play four games against each of the five teams. Instead, they've, you know, matched the teams up with their uh, acro- cross-division rivals. Um, it does save a little bit of travel, at least in this situation. So the Orioles will actually play the Nats uh, six times instead of four times this year. And they will go to Nats Park uh, August 7th through 9th after an off day on the 6th. Now, obviously, uh, the Nats having a few players already opting out of the season um, and more could possibly come. Uh, but this Nationals team coming off of a World Series win. Remember, the Orioles took two out of four from them still last year, even though they won it all. And, and I still think there's, you know, a little extra juice when the Orioles and the Nats play. But 
But do you think that'll be different this year without the, you know, split red and orange in the, in the stands? I really don't. Uh, I still think we'll struggle quite a bit against them, being that they have Max Scherzer, Patrick Corbin, and Steven Strasburg. I mean, that's just an incredible top three trio of pitchers that we're going to have to face. Uh, we're, we're playing them in six games, so we're probably going to face them all at least once. So this is going to be a rough, rough part of the schedule. Um, you know, this is a team that lost Anthony Rendon, and they're replacing him with Carter Keyboom. So we'll have to see how that kind of factors into how well the Nationals do this year. I, you know, I, I look at that as not a, as big of a drop-off as I think some people do. I think Carter's going to be a star, so um, he's probably going to do very well against us, and he'll probably hit a lot of home runs in Camden Yards. You know, Juan Soto will go for that sh uh, short porch in right field, but you know, maybe we win one or two out of these six. Hey, we'll get back to the interview in just a second, but first, we got to talk about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes, models, it's now impossible to, to find that right part for your car. It feels like you just go through pointless and intimidating questioning when you head to a chain storefront asking about what your car needs, and, and maybe you don't exactly know, and, and that can make things even tougher. Well, you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. It saves you money and it's easy to use. Rockauto.com, a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. I'm not the biggest car guy in the world, but at least when looking for something like windshield wipers. They're a little easier to, to know when you might need new ones. Just put them in for, for your car, Honda CRV, and boom, there you go. You can find all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And I just, uh, you know, you, you take that against the defending champs, but just mentioned uh, August 6th would be the Orioles' first off day. They'll play the three games over the weekend against the Nats, and then they'll get another off day on the 10th. Um, then they go, to, they go to Citizens Bank Park, uh, and they'll play the Phillies three times, August 11th to the 13th. I think the team with the most pressure on them in baseball this year um, is the Phillies. It'll be year two of the big Bryce Harper contract. Um, last year was, was kind of a disaster by the end for the Phillies. They fired Gabe Kapler. They bring in Joe Girardi. Um, do, do you kind of feel that with, with Philly as well, being a team the – the Orioles are playing, obviously, but they feel like they have a lot of pressure on them. Yeah, I do. Um, they went to a full rebuild a few years ago, too, and now they're kind of out of it, and they're kind of making their way back to the top a little bit. And that really, you know, they didn't have the year they expected last year. And like you said, they fired Gabe Kapler. I'm not sure if Joe Girardi was the right addition for a still kind of rebuilding team. We'll have to see how that goes. Um, but, yeah, this will be another tough team. You know, there are a lot of home run hitters on that team with Harper and Hoskins and there's just lots of really, really solid players. And Aaron Nola at the top of the pitching rotation. Um, I do feel they have a ton of pressure on them. I mean, this is a team that was expected to compete last year. They're still not competing. Maybe they win 40 and sneak into the playoffs, but that might be tough. I, they are in a hard division. They're going to play a lot of hard teams like the Nationals, like the Braves, like the Mets. We're an up-and-comer too. So this is going to be another year where Philly really has to prove themselves. You mentioned that. Do you think this scheduling, because – a lot of people think this might be the two best divisions in baseball that are matching up the AL East and the NL East. How much do you think this hurts uh, teams like the Rays or, or teams like the Phillies and the Mets who, you know, in a regular season, um, they get a little bit more games against some, some other lower teams in the NL or the AL. 
um, and where they are, you know, teams trying to get to the playoffs. But instead, you know, except for those Orioles and Marlins games, you'll be playing another potential playoff team every day. Do you think, do you think that hurts some of these, like, Phillies and, and Mets-style teams? Absolutely. It has to, um, especially the Phillies. I think you look at them even lower in a bracket than the Mets, I would say, so far. Um, and for them to have to play Boston and Tampa Bay and, and New York a lot more than they would have regularly have had to, that's going to be really tough for them. Um, you know, I, I don't really think they have the pitching to get it done. I'm not sure they have the lineup to get it done. I, and like you said, there's so much pressure. It's going to be a tough, tough time playing the ALEs for them. And so next up after three in Philly, the Orioles uh, would start their longest homestand of this 60-game season. Uh, starting on Friday, August 14th, and Nats come into town to start a 10-game homestand. It's three against the Nats, who we just talked about, and then they will finally uh, see the Blue Jays just about a month into the season until they, they see Toronto for the first time. It'll be three at home against a Blue Jays team, which, which called up all that young talent last year, and now I think this year it'll be interesting. You know, I don't expect playoffs from this Toronto team, especially with the schedule they'll have to play um, against the strong NL East as well. But uh, I think they could, could cause some havoc uh, with these, you know, a little bit better teams, the Yankees, uh, the Braves, the Nats, and, and kind of, you know, mess with these standings a little bit at least and then play spoiler down the stretch this year. Yeah, people have called them sneaky, and I think that's a pretty good word for it. And like you said, they could really do some damage against some of the teams in the AL East and NL East. I don't really think that they're a bottom dweller anymore. They're up and coming. You know, Vlad's going to probably have a really good year. I'm a huge Bo Bichette fan. I think he's going to do really well. They got Ryu from the Dodgers. So this is another up-and-coming team. Like you said, they called up so much young talent. They might be a tough team for us to play. I really don't see us winning too much. We didn't really do that well against them last year, even when they were a worse team. And I'm not sure we really got better. So I don't really see too many wins against them either. But I'm surprised to see us play them so late into the schedule. Yeah, it's, it's basically almost a month in before they come – uh, to Camden Yards. Now, Blue Jays, you know, some people think they can make the playoffs um, in 2020. Uh, I think maybe by 2021, they could be back in there. W when do you see the Blue Jays coming back and, and again, being a contender, you know, maybe not in the division every year, but at least where, you know, you're thinking about them for at least the wild card? I like 2021 as well, but I think it also depends on what the rest of the AL East is doing. Because if the Yankees are still, you know, at the top of the league, like they probably will be, and the Rays are still producing all that young talent, um, we'll see what happens with the Red Sox, obviously, and us. Uh, but yeah, I think 2021 looks pretty good for them. Uh, it lets, you know, gives another year for that talent to mature in Vlad and Bo and Nate Pearson and a lot of the guys that are coming up. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good year for them to maybe slip into the wild card. So after that, they'll get four at home against Boston. Um, and that will wrap up a 10-game homestand. Then an off day on August 24th before they head back to Florida. This is going to be kind of a, a tough stretch, not just for, for travel here um, and for the Orioles, you know, going two different places, um, but honestly for, for avoiding, you know, COVID-19 and being as safe as you can, the Orioles will go down to Florida to play Tampa for three games, the 25th to the 27th. And then without an off day, we'll go all the way up to Toronto to take on the Blue Jays, the 28th to the 31st for a four-game series. Now, we've talked about these two teams, but just health-wise uh, for the players and, and the questions about, you know, will Toronto even be able to, to be a part, uh, at least up at the Rogers Center, of this season? 
this kind of seems like an odd uh, scheduling here to go right from Tampa to Toronto. That is odd, and it's probably something they overlooked. Um, you know, they probably don't really care, I guess. But, um, you know, we're going to have to follow the protocols and make sure this goes smoothly. But that is a long, you know, long plane ride and a lot of, uh, a lot of risk I think they're taking there. Um, you know, both teams we've already seen before. So, you know, we'll, we'll probably get a pretty good gauge on how good they are by that point in the season going into September. Uh, but this is an interesting travel scenario for sure. And so after that, they, uh, they hit September, which will still be the final month of the season. Um, it'll be a quick two-game set uh, back at Camden Yards against the New York Mets, who will come in for two September 1st and 2nd. Another very interesting team um, who had a really bad first half last year. And then they went 47-27 and 27 at one point, and they ended up with 86 wins last season. Uh, you know, they still have Edwin Diaz and Robinson Cano from that big trade Jeff McNeil and Pete Alonso breaking out last year you know it's they're obviously going to be a tough matchup for the Orioles um, but but where do you see the Mets this year I think they're a really interesting team yeah I think they are interesting um, I don't think they're top of the NL East quality team yet I think that you know Washington and Atlanta are still far and above the best teams there uh, but they're you know they've got one of the best pitching rotations in the game they've got a great lineup too um, this is overall, if you look at talent across this roster, it's one of the top talented teams, especially if guys start developing more and more. I think you look at Ahmed Rosario as a former top prospect and a guy they've been kind of waiting on to break out a little bit. He breaks out. This could be a really dangerous team. Like you said, Pete Alonso, Jeff McNeil. It's a pretty stacked team overall. Michael Conforto is great. Brandon Nimmo. They have a really solid squad. Um, I don't know if they're a playoff contender yet, especially facing the Yankees a lot this year and even you know Tampa Bay. I don't know if they're there yet, but maybe 2021, the Mets could be a playoff team. And you obviously have to think about the staff with, with Syndergaard out this year. Um, you have DeGrom, who's you know trying to make the case for him being the best pitcher in baseball. Um, and he's been fantastic over the last few years, but, but they'll get Syndergaard back in 2021, might get a little better. However, Mets on the injury front, looks like they'll get Ioannis Cespedes back this year, um, and they can put him in as a DH, which would definitely help them. Uh, the O's will get an off day on Thursday, September 3rd, and then they'll play three at home against the Yankees over the weekend. Then another off day on Monday, the 7th, and then they will spend a week uh, in the Big Apple. They will play two more at City Field against the Mets um, and then four in a row uh, against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. Now, as opposed to that Tampa to Toronto trip, this seems like you know there was some thought put into at least this part of the scheduling. Yeah, it looks pretty good, um, especially going from, you know, basically living in New York for a couple weeks there um, and then down to Atlanta and Tampa Bay. It looks pretty good. It's not too much travel. Um, and I think that will benefit from that for sure. I'm also interested to see, though, how the travel kind of affects some of these guys as far as, you know, stamina goes and uh, how, how much they get fatigued. And it'll be kind of interesting to see, you know, we're not, we're not making any cross-country trips this year. You know, we're not doing a West Coast trip for 10 days. So, I think that will really play into how well some of these teams play. So you just mentioned the Braves in the NL East, you know, you look through the schedule, the Orioles will play the Nats six times, uh, the Mets and Marlins four times each, and then they'll have just three against the Phillies, which we talked about. And then these three against the Braves, which will be at Camden Yards, uh, September 14th through 16th against the two time defending NL East champions. Now they will not have Nick Markakis. He has opted out of the season um, so he will not get his second return um, to Camden Yards. But Darren O'Day will make his first return to Camden Yards. 
since leaving the Orioles. And, and this Braves team, you know, they haven't made the headway in the playoffs, which I think is why people forget they've won back-to-back divisions. And I could easily see them winning that NL East again this year. Yeah, and if you look at, you know, the Nationals possibly getting a little bit weaker, just a speck weaker, I think this is even more of an opportunity for them to win again. Uh, I think it's probably going to be three straight titles. You know, they haven't had playoff success, like you said. But that can change at any time. You know, Ronald Acuna is going to get better. Albies is going to get better. Everyone there is just going to get better and better. This is another up-and-coming team that's just really, really got a lot of good young talent. Um, I still think they'll win the division, um, and I think we'll probably lose quite a bit of games. We might even get swept by them. Uh, it's only three, thank God, uh, but, you know, this might be a tough series. And then they'll have four more to finish out that homestand against the Rays. Then the final off day of the season comes Monday, September 21st. And then a six-game road trip to end the year. Um, it'll be interesting to see if these teams will be in it um, at that point as they'll have three in Boston against the Red Sox and then three in Toronto against the Blue Jays to finish off the season. Again, the final day of the year is Sunday, September 27th. So 60 games for the O's. Um, it's a tough schedule with these two tough divisions. Um, so, Zach, I ask you, you know, after we go through it, what is your record prediction for the Baltimore Orioles in 2020? I'm looking at 18 and 32, I think is um, probably – oh, sorry, 18 and uh, 42 is what I'm probably looking at. Um, you know, I, I don't really know how well this team is going to compete against some of these, you know, top-level teams like Atlanta and Tampa Bay and New York. We're in, we're in a really tough position, um, but – I, I don't know. I mean, there, there are some definite winnable games in Toronto and Boston and in Philly. So we'll just see how it plays out, but I'm not really expecting too much. And, and the other thing, you know, we didn't even mention, obviously it, it looks as if the Orioles will be without Trey Mancini for this entire 2020 season. And, you know, we've been hearing his recovery um, has been going well, and we hope that continues to go well. Uh, most importantly is his health before, you know, any thought about him getting back on the baseball field, but that's the Orioles best player. Um, and, and really, if you look at it, you know, the Orioles are without their two best hitters from the lineup last year. Um, you could argue that Jonathan VR and Trey Mancini were the top two guys. VR traded to Miami and Mancini will be out for the season. Um, so it'll be, you know, interesting to see can a guy like Ryan Mountcastle or other guys step up. Um, you said 18 and 42. Um, I was right around that number. So I'll, I'll, I'll decide to look a little optimistic or a little more optimistic by one game. Um, I'll go 19 and 41, um, but I kind of see the the same type of thing happening. Um, I hope John Means has a similar year, um, but he seems like a guy where maybe uh, with these big offenses he'll face, he might struggle this year and then maybe fix a few things and bounce back in 21. And then, of course, behind Means, it's just a lot of question marks in the rotation because, you know, all those Bowie and, and Delmarva and Frederick arms aren't quite ready for 2020 yet. Um, and then besides that, you know, with the couple holes left in the offense, um, it might be a, a rough 60 games if we do get those 60 games for the Orioles. But, Zach, thank you so much for for coming on to to talk about this O's schedule. Um, if it's safe, we obviously hope the O's can get all 60 of these games in and we can get a Major League Baseball season. Obviously, is it safe is still the huge question um, for this season, but – it, it was at least exciting um, to see some games with some game times uh, put in front of us last night. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. And I'm uh, really excited to see how the season plays out for us. You know, we're going to see hopefully some good player development go on and Austin Hayes breaks out and 
some of you know some of our other young stars start playing really well it's going to be a really good season for the o's so again our thanks to zach goodman co-host of the nate hit the foul pole pod uh you can follow his podcast along with matthew pine at foul pole pod on twitter they've had some good guests some some really good episodes lately on that podcast you can follow zach at orioles fan 68 on twitter good conversation about the schedule um definitely kind of highlighted that that stretch um when we were talking about you know not just the opponents but but the safety factor of this season of course and, and that stretch from august 25th to the 31st seven games they play three in tampa and then the very next day there's no travel day they go all the way up to toronto for four games and we know how bad florida has it with the COVID cases right now. And we know about the issues there could be with teams going from the U.S. to Canada. And will the Blue Jays even be able to play their home games in Toronto this year? So a lot of questions about that stretch. Um, It's not really about the wins and losses for the Orioles this year, but hey, you never know if they do get the 60-game season in. Anything could happen. But it's going to take a lot to get that 60-game season in. A lot of hurdles for Major League Baseball. We're still at the point in the U.S. The cases are climbing. It does not look like it's going to be safe to play Major League Baseball. That's why players have continued to opt out of the season. We mentioned it was Zach there, the former Oriole and the current Brave Nick Markakis, opting out of the 2020 season and expecting more players to come. We haven't heard anything from any of the Orioles yet, but we will see as we get closer to that July 24th date when the O's will start. Of course, there will be two games on July 23rd. That's when the Major League Baseball season is scheduled to start. But we'll talk more and more about that season as we get closer. If it does look like we're going to make it to opening day as the teams continue with their summer camps. But again, you look at this and you have to remember when the players opt out, it's about their safety and the safety of their family first and foremost. And for this league to play, for any of the professional leagues to play, it is about the safety of everyone involved, not just the players, but the coaches and the staff and the people who work at the stadiums and the people who work at these hotels, the people who work in the cities um, of the ballparks, especially near the ballparks. You have to take all of that into account with COVID-19 in the U.S. not getting any better, it looks like, anytime soon. But we'll continue to talk about that later in the week, try to get you an update on Orioles summer camp at Camden Yards as that continues and continue uh, to look at the draft picks as the Orioles um, announcing today that they did in fact sign two more of their draft picks officially. The fourth rounder, the high schooler Kobe Mayo gets $1.75 million. His slot value was about 566000 so the O's go way above slot to get him. Of course, they saved a lot of money with Heston Kerstad. And then the third rounder, Anthony Servideo, the shortstop from Ole Miss, he signs just above slot value. He gets $950,000. His slot value was about 844000 So the Orioles just waiting on the official word from Carter Baumler. And after that, they will have signed all six of the draft picks to go along with the seven undrafted free agents. We'll talk about those guys uh, in future episodes as well. But until then... This has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And if you're looking for more baseball content as we potentially creep closer to a season, check out the latest episode of Locked On MLB. 